Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Whatever time of the day you're watching this is broadcast. This is Dr. Eric Tangumonkam with IEM Approach, where we inspire, equip, and motivate people to discover God's great potential in them, develop that potential, and deploy it. I want to welcome you heartily to today's broadcast. Thank you for stopping by. I have three things that I would like you to do for me. The first one is that I share this broadcast and invite other people to join us. The second thing is for you to subscribe to my YouTube channel. If you haven't done that yet, please, I want to encourage you to subscribe to my YouTube channel. The goal is for us to hit 100,000 subscribers. You can become one of them. You can help us hit this goal. The last thing I want for you to do, the third one, is that you get a copy of this book, uh, Racism Where It Is Your Sting, a provocative look at the beginning and the end of racism. We are here to put the last nail on the coven of racism, and you can help us with that endeavor by not only getting a copy of this book for yourself, but by getting more than one copy and sharing with other people. It is written, you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. I'm not having this broadcast because I'm mad, because I'm angry. I'm not trying to settle in this cause. What I want is that together we confront this monster, we confront this evil of racism and put an end to it. If you've been following me, you would have understood that I am advocating that we even move away from talking about racism because there's only one human race. And there is no way we can have one human race and we are talking about racism. Racism is a social construct. The idea that we can use the color of somebody's skin to classify them, to determine their character is really appalling. And we should all, all condemn it and put an end to it. We are more than our skin color. We are all created in the image and likeness of God. There is one human race. We are all equal. None is superior. None is inferior. Let God be true and every man else be a liar. And that is why piggybacking on this, the founding fathers of the United States of America were very bold and right when they declare we all these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. We are created equal with, a, with a, a purpose, with a unique assignment. We are not the result of some cosmic accident. We are not here by chance. We have a creator and his purpose. We are all different. However, the differences that we have don't make some inferior, don't make some less human, and make some more human. We are all human. We are all equal. This is the truth. Believe that, and racism will get out of business. Unless racism will bow at your feet, racism will die. Is dead as far as we are concerned. If you are operating from this place of truth, nothing is going to uh, dehumanize you, nothing is going to stop you. No matter what people believe about you, no matter what they say to you, no matter how they treat you, you will understand your worth. You don't need another human being to validate you because God, your creator, 
has already validated you. Today, I'm going to be talking about the most segregated hour in the United States of America. And uh, it's going to be uh, somehow controversial, and some people may not like it. I'm not trying to, I'm not running for office here. And before you point one finger to somebody, remember four are pointing back at you. You're going to realize that the segregation that we have on Sunday morning is not just black and white segregation. It's much more deeper than that. And for us to solve this issue, it's going to take each and every one of us to look at the segregation that we have in our own lives. I've already said that the heart of man is desperately wicked and that given the right circumstances, every one of us, each and every one of us, has the propensity to discriminate, to hate, and to take advantage of other people. It's a result of our sin nature, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. I cannot emphasize on this enough because most people think, oh, I'm good enough. Look at what I'm doing. No, we are not good enough. The only person that is good is God. And that is why we need to stay humble. We need to be regenerated. We need to be reconciled to God if we are to live in a way that will please him. Yesterday was Sunday. If you attend church, how mixed was your church? Please, I don't have time here to get into the details of why we justify being segregated on Sunday morning. And we are going to call it out today for what it is and address it head on. It's, it is Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. who said Sunday morning at 9 a.m. is the most segregated hour in the United States of America. Today, you can still hear people throwing this around as proof that racism is in the DNA of the United States of America and that white privilege is true and will never go away. This sentiment does not capture the whole issue. Yeah, yeah, Sunday morning is highly segregated. You have black churches, have African-American churches, Cameroonian churches, Nigerian churches, Ethiopian churches. The segregation on Sunday morning is a fact. We can't refuse that. We we're going to say that there's something more deeper at play than what was seen on the surface. <coughs> I will start by saying that racism and Christianity are not supposed to appear in the same sentence because you cannot be a Christian and a racist at the same time. You cannot be a Christian and a racist at the same time. You cannot be a Christian and a racist at the same time. The two are mutually exclusive. You can't have both of them in the same place. It's just as you cannot, as the Bible says, you cannot have sweet water and bitter water flowing from the same stream. It's impossible. If you're a racist and you say you're a Christian, there's something seriously wrong with you. I'm saying this because there's only one human race, according to the God of the Bible. Therefore, it makes no sense to even think that there is an inferior race that needs to be looked down upon. Let this scripture 
settle this issue once and for all. Paul the Apostles was writing to the uh, Christians in Galatia, and here is what he told them. So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you were baptized into Christ and have clothed yourself with Christ. All of you, right? If the guys were getting along, Paul would not have been bringing up this issue of they having divisions and, and, and segregation among themselves. So he said, all of them have been clothed in Christ. All of us have been clothed in Christ. There is neither Jew, nor Gentile, neither slave, nor free, nor is there any male and female, for you are all one in Christ. We've all clothed ourselves in Christ. We are all one in Christ. And that is why when you look at your fellow brother and sister in Christ. If they are in Christ, they have Christ in them. You should be seeing Christ and know their skin color. It's very, very sad what is happening that we read this and we decide to do our own thing. For you are all one in Christ. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. We are heirs according to the promise. We are Abraham's seed. We are one. We are one family. We are God's family. And we don't dare allow the externals, what we eat, how we speak, how we look, to break us into different groups. We are one. This is what scripture says. And that is why it doesn't matter how we justify segregating on Sunday morning because of our personal preferences. It doesn't make sense. It's appalling. This needs to be called out. It is, it is sad that we have to remind Christians to do the right thing and to lead the way. Sunday morning is still highly segregated and something should be done about it. I'm not bringing up this issue to deepen the racial divide, but to say that this segregation persists because it's a two-way traffic. Please get me and listen very carefully. The segregation is a two-way traffic. Everybody is segregating. The Caucasians are doing the segregation. The Hispanics, everybody is segregating. It's a two-way traffic. And until everybody realizes that, oh, we are one, then we each stop. There is what is called a fish mentality, where um, the fish, fishes move in schools. Usually you find all the sharks congregating together, the tuna congregating together, uh, the salmon congregating together. When you go among the salmon, you only find salmon. We humans, we have that tendency. We like to hang around with people who look like us. We like to hang around with people who uh, eat like us. We like to hang around with people who talk like us. We have, and and that, that also is transferred into the body of Christ. That is what is happening on Sunday morning. Uh, people uh, like a certain type of music, they like to hang around a certain type of people. Nothing wrong in that. This tendency of you know, congregating is, 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 is for, for all humans to gravitate towards people who look, speak, and eat, sing, dance, and dress like them is very common among humans. However, contrary to the feel-good the popular figure preaching that is being delivered from most pulpits today, God did not send his son to come suffer 
and die on the cross so that we can have a comfortable, comfortable life. It cost God the life of his son to make provision for salvation for everybody. And how dare we allow our taste of music to determine how we congregate? Really? Think about that. We've reduced our churches into country clubs where we congregate based upon how people look, how people, how people are going to feel comfortable. It's not about comfort. Jesus said we need to carry our cross and follow him. You know, Jesus did not die so that we can join a church and enjoy the type of music and dance and the food that makes us happy. While there's nothing wrong with enjoying good music and being comfortable, it is unacceptable to allow this desire for comfort and familiarity and predictability to distract us from God's mission. God's mission goes beyond the style of music, goes beyond our preferences for whatever that makes the reasons we give for, you know, oh, uh, um, uh, not too long ago, I, I heard a friend uh, from, uh, uh, he's a preacher here in the, in the city, he told me, you know, I was told I, I need to reach out to the Cameroonian community, start with the Jerusalem, the Jerusalem is Cameroonian community and all that. It's just appalling that, we we think uh, people have migrated into the United States. They are going to become U.S. citizens. They are going to stay and raise families. How dare we tell them to go make their own churches and make their own thing? How is that helping the, the, the advancement of the gospel? How is that helping integrating the country? How is that helping uh, build a stronger and united uh, body of Christ and a stronger country? It's really not. Uh, of God. We, we need to change that. The mission of God is, is, uh, is simple. To reconcile mankind back to himself. This should take precedence over everything else. Segregation on Sunday morning is not restricted to white and black or Asian and Hispanic. You have churches that are made up of predominantly people from specific ethnic groups uh, from Africa in the United States. Uh, for example, some of the churches in the United States are made up of predominantly people from, uh, it can be from the Igbo Ebo, Ebo ethnic group of Yoruba. Uh, in such churches, at times they sing in the, uh, the Yoruba language or the ethnic language, the dress following the ethnic customs. I mean, in other words, uh, these people are comfortable doing what they are doing. Uh, you have Korean churches, Chinese, Vietnamese, um, Burmese, Ethiopian. You have all manner of churches in the United States of America. Segregation on Sunday morning is not segregation between white and black. It's segregation between ethnic groups. And why is, it that, why is that segregation taking place? Because people like their own. People like their own. We want to go where we sing uh, in, in the language that we are used to, we are comfortable with. I didn't say there's anything wrong in singing and dressing in a particular way. But if we do this at the expense of advancing God's mission of reconciling mankind back to himself, we are doing our own thing. We are turning 
our churches into country clubs. See, the last time I checked the commandment to go and make disciples of every nation, it has not changed. We need Paul's attitude when he said, now this is what Paul said, though I'm free and belong to no one, I've made myself a slave to everyone to win as many as possible. To the Jews, I become like a Jew to win the Jews. To those under the law, I became like one under the law, though I'm not under the law, to win those under the law. To those not having the law, I became like one not having the law, though I'm not free from God's law, but I'm under Christ's law, to win those not having the law. To the weak, I became weak to win the weak. I have become all things to all people, so that all by all possible means I might save some. I do all this for the sake of the gospel, that I may share in his blessings. See, Paul says, I have become all things to all people. How can we justify? How can we justify having our own church, singing in our own language, and doing our own thing? because we want to be comfortable. How can we justify? You left the country, moved into the United States of America, and now you are focusing more on keeping and maintaining your culture. At the expense of what? How are you ever going to reach out to those people who don't speak your language, who don't dance and sing like you? when you make your church service to reflect your culture? How are you ever going to reach out to other people? America is not on the Yoruba land or Igbo land or Cameroonian or whatever. You, I don't know wherever you're coming from. You need to think about that and think about it thoroughly. The mission field has changed. And before we point fingers and accuse the Caucasians for propagating segregation, we should also look at ourselves. Are we part of the problem or are we providing solutions? And for those in the body of Christ who think the style of music, the style of worship is more important than branching out and integrating with other people and reaching them out with the gospel, you are doing your own thing. I've heard so much, read so much, about why it's not happening, but at the end of the day, those excuses appear to be valid. However, they don't get the job done. We have to let go of the fear. Don't be afraid of your daughters, your sons, and we get married to people from other places. Some of the fears we have are really unfounded. If your church is still segregated, you are doing your own thing. I dare say that. Your church must reflect the demographics of your city. Your church must reflect the demographics of your cities. If it is not reflecting the demographic of your cities, you are doing your own thing. You've reduced that church into a country club. If you are not doing what Paul is saying, he says that I have become all things to all people so that by all possible means, I might save some. Are you doing everything possible to reach out to other people, learn other cultures? The church 
should spearhead this segregation, not the laws of the land, because the command to make disciples of all nations has not changed. We cannot meet in the grocery with people from all over. We'll meet at work with people from all over. However, when it comes on Sunday morning, when it comes to us worshiping God, oh, excuses come up. You know, they sing like this, they dance like that, they're like this, we can't really know them. Really? We have to let go of fear. We are all one in Christ. If that is not happening, we are doing our own thing. The church is not a country club. The church is a hospital for sick people. And everywhere there's a sick person, we better go look for them and bring them in so that they can be healed, they can be reconciled to God. It is not to make us feel good. There's nothing wrong about feeling good, but we have to go past feeling good. We have to go past making our own thing and make disciples and let God build his kingdom. I pray the day will come when we will put first things first. We will prioritize people's souls above our cultural differences, taste for music, and the type of food we eat at our functions or how the service is conducted. This is what the church should be doing. Instead, we are more concerned about making people comfortable and accommodating them. We were not called to accommodate or make people comfortable. Jesus said, you have to deny yourself, carry your cross, and follow me daily. We have to do that. This segregation has to start in the body of Christ because we know the truth. Uh, and now, I, I'm not pointing fingers on one side. How on earth can immigrants that have moved to the United States of America permanently be encouraged to form their own churches, to take care of their own people instead of integrating? It's common. I, I, I attended a church where you know, we, we had to make an African church because the, the mainstream church felt, oh, these Africans, go take care of yourself. It seems we've lost sight of the big picture. These Africans have moved to America permanently. They are having families here. We better integrate them. And uh, most of uh, these immigrants um, like to be hyphenated. Uh, oh, um, the Cameroonian American, Nigerian American, and blah, blah, blah. Why is just being an American not good enough? If you're already here and we're trying to put racism out of business, why is it so difficult for you to say I'm an American now? Well, yeah, I must keep my cultural heritage, right? Most of the immigrants left their countries of origin, but these countries did not leave them. They, they, they want to have their cake and eat it too. How can America, which has been such a blessing to you, not be good enough for you to put her first? You've moved to America because I don't know what their reason, 
was, but you are still here because the country is good to you. If it's been that bad, I think uh, you know the right thing to do. Maybe uh, move to, um, maybe back to where you came from, if it's better than here. So you are here, you still want to be, you know, I, I don't know. One leg in, one leg out or something like that. Now, when we talk about these things and most people are like, oh, look at the white church, uh, the Christians are this and that. Now, I'm sh shifting gears a little bit. If you don't know, maybe you're hearing this for the first time. Most of the immigrants that come especially from Sub-Saharan Africa, because I'm talking about it because that is where I'm from, they have organizations that are strictly around, uh, organized on racial lines. They have a lot of organizations that are organized on racial lines. And most of these uh, 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 organizations cater for their needs. They are not even open to American citizens or people from other ethnic groups to join because the way these organizations are set up and what they want to do is strictly for them. And most of these organizations bear the names of that particular ethnic group to which these immigrants belong to. For example, there are hundreds of organizations that represent the different ethnic groups on Cameroon. Yeah, they meet. They too are segregated. It's part of the problem. It's not just segregation on Sunday morning. It's segregation at the level of the organizations that are made. Now, there is nothing wrong with any ethnic group maintaining their culture. But at what price? How is that going to help the country move forward, be more united and strong? When people from other countries exclude other people from their organizations, because of ethnocentrism, you do not hear any cries of racism. But it seems to be accepted that people from other cultures in the United States of America can discriminate based on cultural differences. Why do these different ethnic groups not form organizations that are open to all people to become members? The reason people give is that they do not want to lose their culture. And if other people are trying to preserve their own culture, and you have this infighting that develops, we should stop pointing fingers. Now, I was listening to uh, Professor Lumumba, uh, the outspoken anti-corruption African in Africa, and he said the following. Even in the church in Africa, now listen to this. Even in the church in Africa, the blood of ethnicity I like what Professor Lumumba is using ethnicity here because we could swap with tribalism, but I've said tribalism has a very, it's, it has a lot of baggage. And that's how we should talk about ethnicity. The blood of ethnicity is thicker than the blood of Jesus Christ. Even in Africa, the blood of ethnicity is thicker than the blood of Jesus Christ. It's very common for various ethnic groups in the United States of America to accuse other people of racism when their own actions are not any different. I already talked about intermarriages being frowned upon when that happened between different ethnic groups. Now, on Sunday morning, all the different ethnic groups, there are Yoruba churches in, in my city here, some strictly, you know, more predominantly, predominantly uh, from Igbo, and uh, you have Korean, you have, you, you can name it. 
Because people want to speak their language. But I think it's time to rise up and put aside the cultural differences and become all things to all men so that we can win some to Christ. The segregation on Sunday morning is not perpetrated by the Caucasian church alone. Everybody is guilty of segregation because we want to be comfortable. And until we accept the call to go make disciples of all nations and build bridges and become all things to all men, we'll pass all the laws we want. Unfortunately, there's no government mandate insisting that the churches have to be mixed in a particular way. That is why the church is still lagging behind. But if you are a church leader and your church does not reflect the demographics of your city, it's time for you to change it. If you don't know how to go about it, there are lots of resources out there on how to go about it. Start by praying, inviting people that don't look like you to get to know where they're coming from and build bridges. And that is why if you empower everybody, we are congregation to take the gospel into the marketplace, they are going to meet people that don't look like you because thank God, corporate America reflects the demographics of the country. The church is lagging behind. Please, I know this is controversial, but the truth has to be spoken. We cannot keep having church the way we're having. Part of the problem country is hurting right now is because we've been slow in warming up to the command to go make disciples of all nations. I don't want to go too deep into this subject. I've written an entire book on this. And the day will come when we're going to have a more uh, detailed discussion about this. I don't expect this to be something that everybody's going to accept because we like to justify our positions. But I'm saying it, if you're living in a city and the city is highly diversified, there are people from all over, your fellowship better reflect your city if you are truly being light and salt in your city. I don't go to Walmart and I find the only shoppers there belong to some particular ethnic group or some particular skin tone. It's a marketplace and the gospel, the church needs to reflect that. If it's not happening in your church, it's time for you to start praying and looking for ways to make it happen. Whatever reasons we give for not fellowshipping our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, they are just our own reasons. They cannot be justified. To get rid of racism is going to require society to recognize that the tendency to discriminate against other people is not restricted to just the interaction between whites and blacks, the interactions between all peoples. In other words, the tendency to discriminate, to segregate, to look down on other people is found in all humans. Please don't tell me, oh, some are more guilty than others. We are all guilty for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. It's going to take each and every one of us recognizing this and dealing it in our own lives for day to be healing and for racism to be put out of business. I want to thank you so much for watching. You must have gone to a segregated church on Sunday. You have to do something about it. It's not just enough to hear. Talk with your church leaders. 
you as an individual invite somebody, make them feel comfortable when they come over to fellowship, start with your, at your own house. When was the last time somebody that does not look like you sat on your table and had a meal? You meet with these people at work. You meet with them on the streets. Why don't you open up and invite somebody that doesn't look like you to sit down and hear that story, know where they're coming from, and it starts with you. Stop waiting. Oh, somebody has to do it. I'm telling you what we practice. We invite people all the time to come over for a meal at our home, people that don't look like us, so that we can hear their stories and they can hear our own stories. Stop pointing fingers and waiting for other people to step in and solve the problem. I'm not here just to complain. I'm here to provide solutions. Desegregation can start in the body of Christ because we have what it takes to do it. We are one in Christ. There's neither Jew nor Gentile, no male, no female, no free, no slave. We are all one because we all have Christ in us. We are hidden in Christ and Christ is hidden in God. Let us start with you. Look among yourself, your friends. Are your friends just from your own particular ethnic group or do you have friends across the board? If you don't, you should start thinking to go out and make friends with other people. And for those of us that will have our organizations that represent our different ethnic groups from wherever we're coming from, and we're crying racism, America is racist. You are part of the problem. How dare you form an association that only caters for people that speak the same language with you? How is that bringing a solution to the table? Yeah, we talk about cultural diversity, it's good, but if cultural diversity is going to compromise national unity, just as has done in most of the African countries where cor corruption, tribalism, ethnocentrism, and all the other isms have hampered the country and caused a lot of people to keep fleeing the continent. It's time to say we have to think differently. We have to think differently. You are part of the problem when you form an association that only caters for your own people. You are part of the problem. You may not accept it, but it's, it's, it's what it is. Stop pointing fingers at other people. It's time to form associations that are more encompassing, that are broad and open enough to draw in people from all walks of life, from all different backgrounds. Because when you form an association that bears the name of your ethnic group, how do you think other people are going to feel comfortable joining that association? How, your mission statement, your vision is not targeted to pull in people from all over. It's just very restricted. That is why we are not making the progress we're supposed to be making. When was the last time you had a city develop itself without attracting people from all over? All major cities grow because you have people from different places that get together. How are you trying to develop your area? without involving other people. This is food for thought. We're going to have a more lengthy discussion on this particular subject some other day. Thank you for listening. Share this video, subscribe to my channel. And the last thing, get a copy of this book, read it slowly. If you have questions, post them on the comment section. If you disagree with what I've said, I would like to hear your thoughts as well. Is your church segregated? Is it mixed? Does your church rep represent the, the, uh, the demographics of your city? Let me know what you think. Thank you. God bless you. Have a fantastic day.
and do stay tuned for more updates. It's going to get more and more interesting.